Welcome to the Honest Property Investment Podcast with me, Natasha Collins, property investor, chartered surveyor, and CEO of NC Real Estate, my boutique firm of surveyors, which specializes in helping investors make money from commercial and mixed-use properties in the UK through our asset management services. Want to find out more? Head on over to ncrealestate.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the Honest Property Investment Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm also the founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club, the place for landlords and property investors to come and build commercial and mixed use property portfolios that completely align with their goals. If you want to find out more about that, head on over to ncrealestate.co.uk. Hi, everybody. How is it going? Um, I am back almost. So I've had a couple of weeks where it's been absolute chaos with Chris and being ill, Harry's being ill, he's not been at daycare. And so I have been juggling like it's no one's business and finally just catching up now. It is pure madness. <laughs> um, essentially, it just means that I don't live up to my own standards of timescales and things that I set, which I get pretty frustrated with. <laughs> um, and so then that means that I feel like I'm constantly apologizing, even though I'm probably not that much slower than I would normally be. It's just trying to figure everything out. And so that's why the podcast is coming out every other week. I find it hard to um, organize myself enough at the moment to do it every week. But I promise it's going to come back because on the 1st of November, it's time to reset my goals again. I do quarterly goals. I don't know about you. But I also do it where it doesn't align with the start of the year because as much as I do my goals boards for the start of the year, I don't necessarily um, think that everything aligns in with that year. So I do um, the 1st of February through to the 31st of January. And it's just because we tend to, well, I close for the Christmas holidays. I always do. It's an NC real estate tradition. And so with that, I don't really want to be thinking about my goals in the last couple of weeks of the year because there's no point in rushing it. So we finish, well, I finish my goals on the 31st of January. Anyway, there you go. Um, so I've just sorted out my goals again for the next, the final quarter of this year. And one of them is to rebuild my podcast studio because when I was in New York and when I was in Charleston, I had dedicated podcast studios to go to and I do not have that here. So I am going to split my walk-in in half. I know it's mad that it's that big, but it's a privilege. And half of it is going to be my podcast studio and half of it will continue to be my wardrobe. <laughs> and I hope that the quality of this will get better as well. I just realised the reason that people plug their headphones into their microphone is so that they can hear what the sound quality is like. Ugh. 
<laughs> so this is the first time I've done it on my own. I used to do it when I was recording in the studio with Josh, but nope, I haven't done it since. And so here I am with my headphones on so that I can hear the quality of the sound. And I know that I need to move into a smaller room. My office is big and it's echoey. and I don't know how to sort that out. So watch the space, guys. The podcast is going to get more professional based upon the fact that I have realized what I'm doing wrong and what I need to put right. <laughs> it's only been like five years, right? Um, my motto though is always done not perfect. And I'm like that with everything. You cannot get everything perfect before you move ahead with stuff. And I used to try and get my business perfect and everything that I do perfect, no more. Can't do it. So the podcast, I've realized stuff, got time to put into it. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a podcast studio. So watch this space. Um, what else is on my goals? Actually, uh, it's interesting. Number one, get my student loan paid off. I've only got about £4,000 left on that student loan. I'm just going to clear it. I didn't for a very long time. I didn't even think about it for a very long time because I had such a low interest rate. I was pre-2012. So I'm on that 0.25% above base. I think that's what it is. Maybe it's 0.5% above base. I can't remember. Whatever it was, wasn't really costing me that much. Didn't think about it. I know I always complain when it comes around to tax season that I'm charged 9% on what I earn. Well, whoops, you do. I got an education, right? However, since the Bank of England base rate started to rise, and now we're at 3%, I've been logging into my student loan account to see what the impact is. And the impact is, is that it's my student loan is now higher today than it was at the beginning of the year. And I'm not having that. So I'm clearing it because it's now more expensive loan than the rest of my mortgages. Simple as. There is no point in me having it. And also, because we're not transferring money between America and the UK at the moment, uh, between Chris and I, um, we're just letting my UK staff build up. So we're just going to use that to clear it. There is no point in um, having that outstanding. Mad, isn't it? Um, I don't know about you. If you've got student loan outstanding, probably best to go and have a check and just see how it's looking. I know for a lot of people they hide and they say it's fine, you know, I have to pay it anyway. I'm just paying the minimum amount, but it's rubbish if you're paying only interest and you're never covering uh paying it down, especially on the new student loans. I don't think that they have you know a time limit on when it needs to be paid off. Um and for me Whilst I don't mind paying interest only on my property portfolio because I've got an actual asset there, for my student loan, I don't have anything behind it. So it's not as if I'm ever going to get equity or anything out of it. You know, I just might as well clear it off. So that's another goal to get done by the end of the year or by the 31st of January. Um, I've got to get the splash pool and the deck sorted in my garden that was something I wanted to do this year um NC real estate wise 
we have just completed getting to grips with commercial, which is our new commercial property short course. Um, that is exciting. That's launching this week in the members club. Very exciting. Why have we done that? Well, as you will be aware, um, the state of the economy is getting worse. I have spoken a lot on this podcast about how I believe that we were already in recession ages ago. And I still stand by that, that we've been in recession for a while in the UK. It's rubbish, but because of inflation and the Bank of England base rate going up and the fact that our government cannot get its shit together, right? All of that. Um, and experts believe we're going to be in recession for a while until 2024. I assume so. And the knock-on effects will be pretty hard after that as well. Think back to the recession of 2007, 2008, 2009. For a huge portion of people even coming out of university at that point, um, being able to afford anything or get a job was really hard. You know, so think about where we are going at the moment. I don't see it impacting businesses as hard. Certain businesses will be okay. I think professional services will be okay because they still need to keep going. But it's any business with massive overheads will probably struggle. Um, so again, <laughs> there's a lot of that going on, but back to my original point. Bank of England base rate, again, I've already said it, we're at 3%. Now, mortgage products have already baked that into their products. So we're not necessarily going to see mortgage products coming out any further. You know, commercial interest rates are about 8.5%. Residential at about 6.5%. 7% gross. Um, so they so banks have already baked it in that there was going to be a hike. But that is going to bring property prices down. So when we are valuing commercial property at the moment, we need to be more um more risk take into account the risk. Because if interest rates are going up and borrowing is in the cost of borrowing is increasing, it means that yields have to increase. Because as you will have heard from my last podcast, Caroline made a very good point that commercial properties cannot have yields lower than the Bank of England base rate that's not going to happen. So everything has had to go up in line with that, which means that um, yields will be going up in line with the Bank of England base rate as well, which means that when we're thinking about commercial property values, the higher the yield, the lower the value. So commercial values are going to come in. So we are um, deal appraising with very, 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 very fine tooth comb. So where we're starting at is looking at what the deal is doing right now um, and going through all of the key salient points of the deal, the deal summary, 
the tenancy schedule, um, how much it's come to the market for. We're then going through comparable evidence like it's no one's business. We are looking at everything. And this is something that I see a lot of investors skip over and we can't team. We can't skip over it. The reason being is that we need to know what properties are being transacted at the moment, what yields they're being transacted for, where the market rents are, and then potentially discounting it accordingly. Because if anything was selling, say, at a 7% yield a couple of weeks ago, well, we're going to need to increase that by 0.25 to 0.75 of a percent, depending on the level of risk. So the more due diligence we can do to see the overview of where yields are, the better. Now, previously, it's been really expensive to get that information. CoStar, which is the industry database, is great, but you know, it's between 450 to 600 pound a month just for one user, which is wildly expensive. As a surveying business, yeah, it is um, cost effective because we do asset management, we have clients, we need to be doing it the whole time, we're doing lease renewals, rent reviews, all of that jazz. But, um, for an individual property investor, it's not as cost effective. In fact, you wouldn't want to pay that much for it. You know, it's not worth it. It's so much out of your income. Um, so I have actually done a partnership with a new challenger company to co-star who's just come on the scene, Adozo, um, to get discounted prices for property investors and landlords. I'm going to... Um, I'm going to share with you an interview I did with the owner, actually, in a little bit of time. I'm not taking any money for this, by the way, as much as it might sound like a load of ads and sponsorship and what it's not. I'm not getting paid for it. I'm just trying to find the best out there in the business so that people can do what they need to do at this moment in time. It is stressful. So I thought I'd interview uh, Marcus and show you exactly what's happening um, and what it looks like and how Adozo can help as the challenger to co-star because they still have a lot of information so you can get your comparable evidence and go through due diligence and all of that. So then once we've got our comparable evidence and we spent a lot of time on that, we can then estimate where we think the market rent actually is for the property, um, which is important when we do our valuations. Then what we do is we do a walk calculation on the current... Uh, leases. So that's the weighted average of the unexpired lease term certain. So what we look at is all of the leases that are all already in place. We look at when either the next break clause is or the next uh, lease renewal is because that is the end of the term certain for the rent coming in and we create an average over all the different leases so that we get 
the number of years and months left to run where we know this is the average term certain we've got of our current rent coming in. Then what we do is we value the current rent for the amount of time that it's coming that the rent's going to come in for. So that's our um, our WALT calculation. Um, so we, we, we value it. So for example, if we know that the average amount of time that we've got for the lease to come in, for the rents to come in, it's like two and a half years. We value that current rental income for two and a half years. And then using the estimated market rent that we've, we've calculated already using our comps, we then um, we then do a valuation on the estimated market rent after uh, the average time it's going to take uh, after the the average um, lease term comes to an end. So, for example, if we're valuing the current rent for two point five years, then we evaluate we value the estimated market rent from 2.5 years so it will we'll get it in 2.5 years time and then we value it into perpetuity um, and off of that we discount how many uh, months to let the property we think it's going to take and how many months of rent free we're going to be given um, we discount um, any of the borrowing rates um, and if we're putting any capital into the buildings, we discount all of that to get a estimated capital value. And that is a huge amount of risk that we're baking in now, but we have to in order to see where the price of this unit will be or the value, the estimated capital value of the property is so that we know what to offer. And that's really, really, really vital. If you're not doing that, then you could be over offering. And that is why we decided to launch Getting to Grips with Commercial is to get everybody to have a look properly at the value of these buildings. It's really, really vital. We we can't now be being blasé about it, the economic situation is just going to get tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher. Um, so that has been really important for us to be doing that. And that was what I was working on last quarter to get that out. Um, and yeah, it's interesting times. I wouldn't say stop investing because cap values, capital values are coming in. You know, they're coming lower. If you've got cash right now, oh my gosh, you're in the best possible place. And even more so, you want to be doing this due diligence to see what people using finance would pay for this property. And because you're not using finance, if you're using cash, then um, you can move quicker. You can offer better. I would even offer 20 to 30% less than where the estimated capital value comes in at. You know, properties will still come to the market overpriced, but that's okay. You can offer what you like. There's no, oh my gosh, I should feel, be feeling awkward about this. Um, no, please be offering what you like. And if you're using borrowing, still make sure that you're offering 20 to 30% lower, please. 
That's really important too. Really, really, really important too. That is the key takeaway from this. Okay, we're going to take a short break and then the short break, by the way, is something really exciting that I think you'll want to come to. So make sure you listen. And then after the break, I'll be back for my interview with Marcus from. This month, I'm hosting something really, really exciting. It's called Commercial Property Investment Deal Analysis Masterclass for investors wanting to invest with their SaaS. I'm hosting two of these events. One on Tuesday, the 15th of November at 7 p.m. and one on Tuesday, the 29th of November at 7 p.m. So you have two opportunities to come this month. Why is it so important? Well, number one, have you seen the economy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, things are all over the place. We're in recession. I've been talking about that for a long time, but you know, we really are in, a re- in recession. Number two, interest rates all over the place. Number three, you'll have seen from reports that are coming out at the moment that um, yields are going up and they had to because of interest rate rises, the Bank of, in- interest, Bank of England interest rate rise, right? So we're going to cover all of that. Plus, I am going to have on some very special guests to discuss with you about your SaaS and how you can use that to invest in commercial property. And we're going to go through how you deal analysis in this current market and where you get your information from so that you can do a good deal analysis. Yeah, that's really important too. Hint, we've been talking about Adozo a lot this month. So we're going to share with you how we use their service in our deal analysis too. So if you want to come and join, you're going to need to click the link below select the date that you want to come and attend and I cannot wait to see you in person on either the 15th or the 29th of November. Today I'm really excited to bring to the podcast Marcus Ginn. Oh my gosh, did I, did I say it right again? You did, yeah. <laughs> Hi Marcus, how are you doing? I'm really well. Good to see you, Natasha. Thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. So the reason I've invited Marcus is because for those of you who have who are my clients and who are in the members club and our asset management clients, you'll have already had a taste of Idozo. We've been showing it to you for a little while because we have been using it in-house, but we wanted to open it up to everybody to hear about Adozo why it's awesome, why we've started using it. Um, And so I thought I'd just bring the founder on to tell us about it, right? Great. Delighted to be here. (laughs) So, Marcus, can you give us a background to you, how you decided to set up Adozo, where you've come from in, in the property side of things and how you got to where you are today? Sure, sure. Look, I'm one of the co-founders and my original co-founder, Andrew, was a uh, chartered surveyor. Uh, So he spent 20 years valuing and trading commercial property. Uh, And essentially, he spent his time in real estate feeling that everything took too long. It wasn't easy enough to find good quality information. 
and that all the software available to him in his day-to-day -day job didn't feel good enough. So we came up with a dozo to make it easier, faster, more accurate to research commercial property. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And it's certainly something that when we uh, when we're doing it, and we go through our deal analysis, and as surveyors, we have to be really detailed, and we say it to our clients. And they say, there's no way I can pick up the phone and phone an agent just off the back and I don't have any information. So how do you see that Adozo has been streamlining the, deal, the comparable evidence pipeline? Well, whether you be a valuer or an agent or an investor, what Adozo does is bring together lots of information in one place. So we've got hundreds of thousands of commercial property comps across the country, that's sale and lease combined with mapping and occupier information. So if you're looking to the value or to invest in a, in a property, you can quite likely find information about that particular property, mm -hmm. but you can certainly find um, similar transaction comps relating to properties nearby. So you could do some quick benchmarking and try and get a, a gauge for what the real value is of assets in that location. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how long has it taken you to get all of this information? I'm always intrigued. What goes on behind the scenes to be able to get all of this information? Well, we started uh, back in 2018-19 with the Dozo maps. Mm -hmm. um, and I suppose that the gathering of the information there was relatively simple because we're bringing together data sets largely from the Ordnance Survey. But then we, we introduced the Dozo Insight, which is a comparables product with over a million property comps. And Dozo occupiers, which will have over a million commercial occupiers on it. And that's taken a couple of years to get to a stage now where we've got a really good national data set. Mm -hmm. And do you have people on the ground who still go out and find additional data? How, how do you keep it up to date? For us, so, so we're digital first in everything that we do. Because yeah. it's the quickest way, it's the most thorough way of maintaining an up-to-date data set. So we use a, a variety of digital data sources to compile our comps, our occupiers, you know, some of them government data sets, some of them partnership. And then we put on top of that a whole load of our own research and quality control. Mm -hmm. So all the data that goes onto the system may have started as a digital data set, but we'll go through our QA team and our custom built software. So that by the time it hits the front end, we've said that we think it's worth using. What's the what is the quality control? Like what would be what would be bad data? Okay, so um a bad data, if you take a comparable, yeah, it, it would be where it was in the wrong location. So if we said here is a retail property that sold for half a million pounds six months ago, um, in this location, if we got the location wrong, that would be a big problem. If yeah. we got the value of that deal wrong, that would be a big problem. If we'd got the size of the property wrong, that wouldn't be good. If we'd got the use class wrong, that wouldn't work. So we've got to check all these things. And then we can, as well as checking the quality, we're always enhancing the quality. So if we can find the original investment brochure, the moment deal, it's got lots of rich information about the premises and the, and the offer, we'll attach that. If we can find a different type of transaction comparable that verifies the price paid, We'll attach that as well and, and combine those. So it's a combination of quality checking and continually enhancing the data. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Um, and do you find that there's areas that you have more success in finding comps for than others? Or have you started to find the whole, across the whole of the UK? What kind of, what are you seeing? So we're deliberately um, covering the whole of the UK. Um, we, we, tend to, we tend to hear from clients that were particularly valuable in secondary market locations where it can actually be more difficult to find information. So um, in smaller towns, cities, offbeat patches, but essentially we cover every town, every city in the UK uh, with our occupier and our comparable data. Uh, that's lease and sale. It's whether it be a very small corner shop or a very large investment building, uh, we try and cover everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what's your, what's been the, the most innovative aspect of Adozo that you've popped into your software? What do you enjoy the most? What, what do you get the most kick out of as a, as a founder? Because there's always things that as a CEO, there's stuff that I love that I put in there into my yeah. client, my products. Yeah. I think I'm so proud of myself for putting that in there. What's your, what's yours? Um, well, look, I think one of them is the breadth of the comparable data. So by tracking a lot of the stuff that's uh, marketed, that's, that's up for sale and lease in the market through to completion and then getting it on the system and, and triangulating it with other data sets, we've, we've got a combination of breadth of data, but increasingly also depth, where we're adding quite rich detail to the information. So that's that breadth of comparable data. But then I think there's also something that we've done, we've done quite recently this year, which is really unique. So we are the only um, data platform that's providing um, really across the country, uh, retail and leisure occupier data. Um, previously, it was available in certain locations, but we're going to have retail and occupier um, data for over a million occupiers in, in everywhere across the UK, regardless of it be a very small town or a very big city. So that, that combination of occupier and comparable data with really good coverage nationally is what mm -hmm. I get really excited about. And mm -hmm. we're continually working on making sure the volume is there, but also the quality. How have you seen transactions going over the last couple of months? Have, have they sped up or have they slowed down? How have you seen it changed as the economy is really changing? Yeah, you see, I wouldn't, the, the commercial property sector, you know, it's not like the equities market where you get a deal done and, and, it's, and it immediately hits our dashboard. That can take, take some time for the information to come through. So I wouldn't say we've got empirical information about that, but the sentiment generally out there seems to be okay around uh, deal volumes. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I think commercial property is seen as a pretty good hedge in yep. um, times of inflation and times of uncertainty because it's got secure income, it's got inflation-linked um, uh, uh, income. So at the moment, seems to be okay out there. Okay, amazing. Um, and how long does it take from a transaction happening for it to hit the website? So it can be a couple of days, or if it's uh, a uh, if it's a a deal lodged with the land registry, and that's the first time we hear about it, and the land registry have taken their time. It can be months. Yeah. So 
We're constantly updating. Every month, we're adding thousands of new comparables. Mm-hmm. Some of them have been done in the last 30 days. Some of them have only been identified by our research team or our digital data sources, but they may have been done a few months ago. So there's there's no there's no single timeline for when a deal hits our uh, product. We're just intent on making sure that we get it on there as quickly as it can be identified. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and do you do? Okay, right. At this point, shall we go through the platform? Should we take yeah. it? We'd like to, yeah. Let's do a little bit of, do you have it on your computer or shall we do a bit of screen sharing from my computer? I mean, I've got it here. Do you want me to do screen sharing? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to allow you to screen share. Okay, let me... Um... Because the thing is good to have also have a play around with it because I, I suddenly thought to myself let's have a let's have a look at it I don't know for those of you who are listening on the podcast you're probably thinking Natasha are you really about to share a screen for software but I think it's really important that we do and we're also going to put this on YouTube as well so that you can have a, a look at it there but I, I think one of the big things that we are um we're really trying to hammer home at the moment is the fact that you have to do your due diligence. There is no way around it. Even as a team in-house, we roughly say it's taking us five working days to get together all of our due diligence on um, properties right now. So say we're looking at, and let's do let's do a, um, a deal that I'm, currently um looking at so can we have a look at burton and burton on trent and see what's going on yeah so first if we do it on each element of the platform so burton on trent so um yeah d14 yep so what you may want to do is to um Produce a map to show the local area or where the property is. That's what a Dodo Maps does there. And then you probably <laughs> want to look at comparables, don't you, in that location? Yes. And the reason that we're looking at Burson on Trent at the moment is is because it's a quite a it's quite a nice secondary area to invest in. It's got the train line. It's got the breweries. Um, and there's a lot of business going on around here. And this is what we like to look at. Um, so the one area that we don't want to invest in and we, all, we, we aren't looking at is around the Station Hill area. So if you scroll in, I think that's kind of... If you see where the station is um, in Burton on Trent, and then there, no, I'll scroll in. Uh, scroll back out a second. Um, and then if you go further north slightly, and again. Those of you yeah. listening to the podcast, hang in there. <laughs> um, so 
this is this is kind of the area that we're looking in, but we do we are um the reason we're avoiding the station hill area, which I think is that B5146, um, is mainly because uh it's uh, there's not really as much good commercial, but we want to be around the the city center, so Curzon Street, um, down to the leisure center. Um, and we're looking at offices and seeing what's going on. Um, and so whether there's been any recent transactions, which I'm not. So when we're moving the map around, what you're seeing is um, all of the different, um, all of the different properties that have ever transacted come up, right? So that's what's happening. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So we've got 135 on the screen in front of us. And then you can filter by property type or by data source. So if you want to look specifically at office, we can look for office, never guarantee exactly how much we'll have. But there's a, there's a few dozen office data points there in the middle of Burton-on-Trent. Um, Amazing. Okay, so what, what are we looking at? Now, once we've got the data points up, how can we um, look at it so we can see general trends? So I think what you'd normally do is, is, is filter as far as you can mm -hmm. and then look at the comps that you think are most relevant to you. Okay. Um, what we'll be introducing in a few weeks is a tool called DVM. Uh, desktop valuation modeling. So yeah. you'd be able to pop those comps into an online aggregator on the on the application and it will give you the average rate per square foot. Mm -hmm. uh, that's in order to try and speed this process up for you. But right now, I think you just look at the geography, do the filtering uh, and try and pick out the comps that you find of relevance to you. Perfect. So if we have a look at the most recent um most recent letting in this area for offices and again I well I've been looking at this area before I have an idea for um office space because of the business uses in in the area it's not everywhere that I would go and do offices um but it seems that there's demand in this area and that's from research that I have done previously okay, so, so leasing transactions the yeah, so let's have a look at what has leased recently and how much it's leased for. Okay, and again, this is office. Yeah. Yeah. So here is a small selection of office leasing deals. Mm -hmm. So you can see here we've got one, uh, an open market letting. That's we want to be a bit more recent than that, don't we? So we can filter by date range. So we can mm -hmm. set a bit of date range of 2020, say. We've got one here. We've got a, an open market letting, uh, uh, 1,800 square foot that rented for £11.08 per square foot. Oh, perfect. Do you open that one up? Yeah. So you see here we've got the address, we've got the deal type, open market letting, we've got the, uh, the date it was first listed, which was back in March 2020, um, the effective date, which was 2022, 
we've attached the brochure so you can have a, a good look at the details of the property and we've provided the details of the agent who marketed the property as well as the analysis so the uh, the agreed rent the price per square foot etc mm -hmm. and then you've also put the pdf in here of the um Yeah, this is the original marketing brochure. Just take a second. Zoom slows everything down. It doesn't it does. help. Zoom. Okay. That now. So this is the original brochure. Nice looking property. I think what it used to be a church. <laughs> Amazing. And that's okay, great. So what we can also do is we can see the brochures and we can have a look at what's been let, what roughly the condition is, and compare whether. It's the same standard as the property that we're looking at or not. Um, and then we can make an assumption about whether it's a comparable transaction. I love the idea that you can sit on a pew and do your office work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so what we would also do from here is because of the information um, of the agent is there we'd give them a quick call and just verify it and just make sure that we have all of the details for our deal analysis and then ask I'm always keen on asking the agents when we phone them up and just finding out about where they think the general trend is moving in the area that for me is really really important um, and if they've been marketing this property Natasha they're probably aware of other similar deals that have taken place that they've managed or that other agents in the area have done. So they're probably a font of knowledge that you can work into your analysis. Exactly. And then you can confirm it because what we tend to look for when we're doing our due diligence on um, property investments, we look for probably around 10 comparables to really solidify um what the facts and what we know and this is a really good starting place because otherwise we could just be googling around person on trend <laughs> finding agents and that's that's very thorough i mean that's more comps than you'd often find being used for a evaluation for a, yeah. a bank lending situation so you you guys really are doing thorough dd there yeah well ideally we want more than five if we yeah. get 10 amazing that would be yeah. fabulous um and so what I also want to point out with Adozo as we're, as we're kind of going through it is I like that you've brought it to market at a price point that's so much better than the likes of CoStar. Now, we, we use CoStar in-house as a firm of surveyors, but our subscription is about £600 a month yeah. for it, which yeah. is wild compared to your subscription. Yeah, that was very much the idea. So whether you be a, a, an individual property investor or a, a smaller um, advisory firm, surveying firm, very often CoStar doesn't feel affordable. Uh, but we very much take the view that everyone working in the sector, everyone investing in the sector should have access to good quality information. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, and so... At NC Real Estate, what we're excited to do is we are partnering with the Dozo. Um, and for all of our clients, um, we are going to be able to give you um, 
special price login on this as a members club perk so we're very excited we're able to show it to you at the moment and this is going to be coming very very soon I think in November was when we were going to uh, launch this and this podcast is coming out just before November so we're still you know making sure that we've got all the links and what have you so that you're able to do it but when I saw you guys I don't know I think you sent an email around saying um did you want did you want to have a look at a dozo it's a cheaper way to get comparable evidence so we were literally like yes please that would be amazing for us <laughs> oh that's great to hear it's great to hear good to hear that we that you feel along with others that we're doing something useful for the market <laughs> so is there anything else that we need to know about a dozo uh, look, we didn't show you the occupiers. So if, um, if if you or any of your investors are looking at retail or leisure premises, you know, those occupiers can be very, very useful in giving you um, a feel for the local retailer or tenant mix. You know, this is what I pulled up earlier. This is a little uh, high street in a market town in the north of England, Pontefract. <laughs> this is a deal that was done recently. Um BM stores, I think it was 1.2 million um, um, freehold deal with a, at about 10% yield. So the sort of deal that your clients would be interested in. Um, and in addition to a dozo providing comparables on that deal and on adjacent deals, uh, we've also got occupier plans available if that's necessary to show the local tenant mix. Mm-hmm. So that anyone can get a feel for what the the local occupiers are. Amazing, amazing. This is such cool software, such cool software. Um, for those of you in the members club, we will allow, we will be going through it. Um, this is what we're using for our deal analysis comparables. So when you come to our deal analysis masterclasses, you see this uh, being used for comparables that we're finding. Um, and if you have questions about it, then reach out to us, right? You know, we want to share this with you. We want to make sure that you're able to do your due diligence. The biggest thing holding investors back right now is not picking up the phone and finding comparables and making sure that you understand your deals and what you're buying. Great. Well, we are delighted to help there and uh, let us know what more we can do as well. And if there are any questions that Dodo can answer, we'll be delighted. Amazing. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Marcus, for coming on the podcast and sharing this. This is incredible. I really appreciate it. NC Real Estate are excited to work with you. And thank you for working with us. We appreciate it so much. Oh, look, no, great. Look, thanks for today. And it's great to be working with you generally. We think what you guys are doing in making it so much easier for um, investors to identify the right property and make investments, but knowing they've got the support and the information that you provide, we think that's a really, really cool service. And uh, uh, that's a really valuable service for your clients. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Marcus. Thank you so much for listening today. If you've loved this pod, make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And make sure to leave a five-star review as this makes me so happy and it helps to boost the show and get it out there to more property investors. Finally, if you want to email the pod, you can write to me, Natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.